Welcome to What's the Deal, our investment banking podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In each episode of What's the Deal, we'll explore the trends that are driving deal-making and transforming industries today. Hello, and welcome to the What's the Deal podcast. I'm your host today, Tan Hunjan, from our Debt Capital Markets team. I'm excited to have with me Jem Gumshoy, a executive director with our investment-grade finance team, to discuss corporate hybrids. Jem, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tan. Thanks for having me. Before we dive in, Jem, why don't you give us a quick summary of your background and role at J.P. Morgan? So I've been at J.P. Morgan for over 10 years now. I started out in our London office where I was until 2017, and I was then given the opportunity to move over to our New York office where I've been ever since. I sit in our investment-grade finance team, and my focus is on structuring. So that's putting together bond structures for our clients that can help them solve a range of rating agency or regulatory requirements. And that includes the hybrid bonds that we're talking about today, as well as preferred stock. Thanks, Shem. And as you touched on, today's episode is all about corporate hybrids. Maybe we can start by letting our listeners know what exactly we mean by hybrids in this context. It's a term that doesn't come up that often when we're thinking about investment-grade bonds. So hybrids can mean a range of things. But what we're generally talking about is a type of instrument that has characteristics of both debt and equity. I sometimes like to think of hybrids as bonds with bells and whistles attached. There are a number of reasons why these types of instruments exist. But typically, when we're talking about a corporate hybrid, we're looking at rating agency equity credit. And what I mean by that is, provided they are structured correctly, Hybrids are treated by the rating agencies as a combination of debt and equity on the balance sheet. In that way, they can be used as leverage-friendly debt. The hybrids we're discussing today are all fixed-income instruments, so they're not convertible or dilutive to shareholders. Let's dig a bit deeper into that. Where do we typically see hybrids used? There are really three cases where hybrids are used by corporates. One is ratings defense. Given the partial equity treatment of the hybrids, they can be used to support financial metrics at a given rating. Secondly, in an M&A context, they can be used to raise additional financing on top of debt and equity. And then finally, as tax-deductible non-dilutive equity, hybrids can be used to optimize the weighted average cost of capital as an alternative to issuing straight common equity. The product has been used pretty extensively in some sectors in the US and Canada, such as the energy and utility space. And the market is now about $50 billion. And that's just corporates, so excluding any banks and insurance companies who also issue similar structures. It's an even bigger market in Europe, where there are nearly $200 billion of hybrids currently outstanding. The reason we're focusing on hybrids today is that there has been some changes proposed by Moody's, which will make the market in the US a bit simpler. Do you mind touching on those for a minute? So for the last couple of years, the hybrid market in the US has really come in two flavors. On the one hand, you have subordinated debt products. These are generally tax deductible, but are treated mostly as debt by Moody's they get 25% equity credit and the remaining 75% is treated as debt. On the other hand, you have preferred stock instruments 
which get 50-50 debt and equity treatment, but generally no tax deduction. So you can imagine our issuer clients in the US were faced with a trade-off between tax treatment and Moody's equity credit. It's worth mentioning that trade-off didn't exist in Europe, where Moody's gave 50% equity credit to tax-deductible hybrids, which is part of the reason why the market has grown so much bigger over there. Now, what Moody's proposed last month was to simplify their approach and give 50% equity treatment to both types of instrument. In fact, there are only three things they really needed to give 50% equity treatment. The instrument needs to be subordinated, interest payments need to be deferrable, and the tenor of the instrument needs to be at least 30 years at the time of issuance. So for investment grade rated issuers, there's really no longer a need for preferred stock at all. And this should make hybrids much more appealing to US issuers. They can now issue tax deductible debt instruments that are treated as 50-50 debt and equity by Moody's, as well as by S&P and Fitch. And it's worth highlighting S&P and Fitch have always given hybrids 50% equity credit, so there's no change there. What impact do we think this will have on the corporate hybrid market? There's currently some $26 billion of hybrids outstanding in the US that are rated by Moody's and would now get increased equity treatment if the proposals are finalized. Then there's another $26 billion or so of preferred stock issued by corporates that could be refinanced into hybrids going forward. And then thirdly, you have the potential for new issuers to enter into the market. Those who might bring hybrids into their capital plans now that they can get additional equity credit from an instrument that is both tax deductible and non-dilutive. I think it's also interesting to think about this globally. What Moody's has done really brings the state of play in the US and Canada much closer to that in Europe and the rest of the world. So for example, in order to get 50% equity treatment, Canadian hybrids used to be convertible into preferred stock in certain events. Now that really isn't necessary. There's much more of a standard global template for hybrids going forward. And finally, when can we expect to see these changes implemented by Moody's? The request for comment period closed on October 5th at midnight, so most probably before the end of the year. Jem, thanks again for your time. Thanks for having me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Our next investment grade finance podcast will be with Todd Ma, an executive director in our private placement team that sits in investment grade finance here at JP Morgan. Thanks for listening to What's the Deal? If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to JP Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. To stay ahead of the curve, sign up for JP Morgan's In Context newsletter, packed full of market views and expert insights delivered straight to you. To subscribe, just visit jpmorgan.com forward slash in hyphen context. This material was prepared by the Investment Banking Group of JP Morgan Securities LLC and not the firm's research department. It is for informational purposes only and is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase, sale, or tender of any financial instrument.